Well, good morning, and thank you for tuning in to Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440, the show presented by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. As usual, home of Alberta's best beef jerky, locations in Leduc, Spruce Grove, and right here in West Edmonton Mall. That's where we are coming to you live from the Stingray Studios. My name is Connor Halley. Got Brandon Douglas with me here as well. We'll take you through the next hour talking all things fantasy sports. Of course, we always want your input at 1-833-401-1440. That is our text line. You can also get us the old-fashioned way with the email. Connor at Sports1440. Brandon at Sports1440. And then on Twitter at Connor Halley at B underscore A underscore D. 1727 at Fantasy Frenzy AM and at Sports1440. Brandon, I was I was really locked into the camera there. For a second, I thought you might be recording. I was just staring into it. Gregor has to do that all the time here, and it's really angled up, so he's always got to kind of keep the head cranked up like that. It's not easy, actually. I did it for about 30 seconds, and I kind of just want to put my head down again. Yeah, it's uh, and Kevin carries the show. We, we record on the cameras for the use of social media clips and whatnot, but it's not streaming like Gregor's show is. So I'm pretty, I mean, Kevin's the, the veteran here in that yeah. regard, right? He's uh, got 30 years in the TV biz. Um, he, to him, it's not even there. He just carries on with his day <laughs> as per normal. It's just so natural for him to find that lens and look into it as he's delivering his uh, points. But yeah, I don't envy uh, Gregor having to sit right in front of that camera all afternoon. Looking into the camera is a, uh, it's an art. It's, it definitely is. When I started doing that Oilers Nation After Dark uh, shtick back in uh, about a, well, five months ago, really, uh, it, it was awkward because I'm so used to radio where you can just kind of look around, you can hop on the laptop, start looking stats up, things like that. But yeah, it, it's a performance art with that for sure. Uh, also, big thank you to the fine folks of the Canadian Brew House last night out on a Windermere. Had a great time down at the CBH packed house for Monday Night Football. Maybe not the most entertaining game, but there were a couple 12s in the house, so they were having a good time. Bought some dangles for the crew, had some wings, was joined by our good friend Dave Jameson for a couple pints. So, what a uh, legend. Yeah, absolutely. It was great to have Jamie out there. And uh, yeah, fantastic folks down at the Canadian Brew House. Uh, a reminder, we're there every Monday and Thursday night helping qualify up to three people. Chance to go out to Vegas in February for the Super Bowl. Uh, Brandon, do you know where you're headed on Thursday North Edmonton, week. I believe. North Edmonton. Which I, is, I believe, if for anybody who might not be familiar, I think the one at the corner of like 97th and just uh, north of the Yellowhead. Just off the Yellowhead, yeah. yeah. I was there. Great spot. I went you, back in the day when I was playing uh, slow pitch here in the city every summer. That we A lot of our games were on the north side. That was the go-to spot for wings afterwards. Yeah. Beautiful facility. I went for the wrap. It was delicious when I was you there. Did, you got bullied out of getting wings uh, or boneless wings no. after the talk on the show yesterday. No, when I was at the north location, I got the the wrap. Last mm. night, I did get boneless salt and pepper wings with a little side of ranch. Did you try and order chicken nuggets? No, no. <laughs> you I didn't have the grapes? My server would have laughed me out of there. I actually, I, I held off for a long time. I was The, the menu's so big. I'm like, okay, like a, a grilled chicken sandwich, wrap. Uh, the guys beside me got quesadillas, and they looked really good, but he was battling a two-day hangover. They didn't tell me that, but I overheard, and uh, he put down that quesadilla quick. So that might be the next one I go for. But, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, always a good time with the CBH. And you talk about uh, the ball team. Uh, right now, if you want to reach out to the Canadian Burroughs, you can do a fundraiser with them and a chance to win $10,000 for your group. That offer ends on October 31st, so you got about a month. To check out that one. Now, let's get into the fantasy talk here. Of course, it is Tuesday on the program. With that, we're going to be looking at the waiver wire. We'll bring in our in-house expert, Declan Kruger. He's uh, 
prepping right now. He'll come over in about 10, 15 minutes time here to take a look at the waiver wire. Who should you be looking at going forward? There's a few names uh, that I specifically want to throw his way, guys, that kind of burst onto the scene and then potentially guys who, you know, we know, but we're just waiting to see what happens uh, with them. One of them for sure, I think, going into this week, if he's available. There's probably in deeper leagues players who would have stashed him, but Jamison Williams, former Alabama wide receiver, now with the Detroit Lions, had that little suspension due to betting on sports, uh, but it was lowered, so he'll be making his return to the lineup, and that guy can stretch the field. So uh, if you've got St. Brown on the Lions or you've got Laporta, I think Jamison Williams will be a player who complements those two very well and certainly will help out Michael Wilson, rookie wide receiver with the Arizona Cardinals, kind of burst on the scenes this weekend with two touchdowns. I think he had catches for all of his targets as well, which is something that I like to see. And then Chuba Hubbard, uh, Miles Sanders dealing with a groin injury. Could the local product, the Sherwood Park product, I should say, could he have a big impact for the Carolina Panthers going forward? Uh, we'll see what Declan Kruger thinks and uh, and get his thoughts on that one. Of course, the text line, uh, I will say we're going to get into hockey tomorrow because, you know, these hockey drafts are starting to come here. I've actually been invited to a couple. I won't be able to join them, but I know Brandon had one with our producer, Maddie, yesterday. I saw your team. Pretty good good group he got there. Oh, was, oh, was Maddie uh, flaunting it around the building yeah, this morning to get your, your grades on everything? My grade? I gave you a passing grade. I, I think I did well. I <laughs> The thing about some of these leagues is, and hockey is one that, like, I lo- I do love fantasy hockey. I don't think I take it quite as intensely as I do fantasy football, which is kind of my one true passion. But I've got three leagues, another draft here tonight. I'm in the middle of one right now that is a what we call a long draft. Uh, picks are four hours each. So, you know, as everybody goes through their regular work day, you can just try and duck in whenever you have a chance and make your pick. Yeah. Moves on to the next one. Um, and then, yeah, the one I did yesterday afternoon with a bunch of my uh, former peers at the Northern Alberta Institute of Technology radio and TV program. And it's tough. The more leagues you play in, you're always kind of thinking, like, you want to pick the same players. But then you're like, well, then if one team's bad, they're all going to be bad. And so I kind of put myself in a corner before I even start. But I like my chances. Uh, this league that uh, I'm in that did the draft last night, goalies, heavily weighted uh, points like you a lot of points for wins, a lot of points for shutouts, uh, saves, etc. So I was heavy on the goalies off the top, took a flyer on Andre Vasilevsky, who I still think is still the best goalie in the NHL, just uh, going to be missing the first eight weeks here. So, uh, I, you know, a couple risks, but I think they'll pay off. Two-part question for you. In your four-hour pick league, if I made my pick in one minute... Does the next pick start in three hours and fifty nine minutes? No, no, minutes? no, 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 per- no. Okay, so it's as not soon as the pick is made, the next per- it's the next the next year. You're on okay. the clock. Your four hours starts. So like you could be eight picks away, but you still have to pay attention. Yes, just and in case. and the other thing about these long drafts, and I've done it with a football one as well, is that then overnight it pauses. Okay, so start. Okay. I think it's a ten or eleven at night. It will pause, resumes seven in the morning. So you're not going to get uh, <laughs> you got somebody staying up till midnight, make yeah. their pick. You're in bed. You miss your gap between midnight and 4 a.m. You don't auto-draft. That's not the situation. So, yeah, it's a unique one. I don't see a lot of people doing it, but it's kind of nice. It's so tough to get a big group of people together all that can do it all at the same time. No sabotage right? yeah, involved. Yeah. My second part question. You took Vasilevsky. He's out two months with a back injury. Backs are tricky. You never know. What round did you select him in? Uh, 
Early. Early. I, I can't remember exactly. He was my second goal I took. I took Sorokin in the first round. Um, and I was fully... So I picked right at the back end uh, mm-hmm. like uh, of a snake draft. So I think of our 12 team... It might be 14 guys. I think I picked 10th or 11th, something like that. Um, and I was going to take Sorokin and Shesterkin with both my first two picks on the wraparound. Somebody else nabbed him. Um, so I think I took Vasilevsky in the third or fourth round or something uh, because it's a keeper league starting this year as well. So moving forward, if I want to hold on to Vasi, like I said, until somebody, one of these other really good goalies wins the Stanley Cup and a Conn Smythe trophy, like a Sorokin, a Shesterkin, an Ottinger, they all, they're all great. I think they're terrific, but they haven't unseated Vasilevsky in my eyes yet. So I'll stick with them. I like it. I like it. I mean, hey, you're not playing for the first two months of the season. You're playing for the playoffs, baby. And, and realistically, I'll throw him on the IR, pick up. I'm certain the Lightning are going to grab a goalie off waivers or something. One of these veteran guys, their current two uh, net miners they have, I don't think they can rely on them for the first two months here. So I think they're going to make a move, uh, and I'll just be keeping a hawk eye on the, the waiver wire there to go grab whoever it is they pick up and uh, probably lean on as their starter. Uh, text coming in here one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. We'll talk. We'll talk anything. Whatever you guys want to talk about. If you want to throw some fantasy basketball questions our way, uh, we'll do our best to answer those. We got one coming in here. We're gonna pat ourselves on the back from Braden. I'd like to thank you guys for your solid fantasy advice of playing Tank Dell over Pierce and Palmer. Like, what are the chances Dell got minimum points? Yeah, that was a tough one. I had Tank Dell in my lineups this weekend too, and and I also opted for um, Dell over Damian Pierce. I thought that Steelers front would do a better job of stopping the run, but uh, and I mean Pierce didn't have a great day by any stretch, but Josh Palmer had a pretty pretty decent outing uh, for your Chargers, Connor. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, right hand up. <laughs> we're self admitted. We're gonna we're gonna make mistakes, and I'm the victim of it as well. So I can relate to you, Braden. Now I will say, Josh Palmer game. It really wasn't that good of a game. I mean, he got lucky that the last play of the game, you know, and Brandon Staley's coaching required a 50-yard pass because if he doesn't have that one, he finishes with 26 yards. So yeah. 2.6 points, two receptions. He he ended the game strong. Uh, but yeah, Nico Collins, that was the play this week. Yeah. That was the play. Uh, Dalton Schultz, that was a guy we actually talked about as well, who maybe, you know, could he one day break out? Uh, Pierce was okay, but yeah, certainly. Hey, we, we got to own that one. Uh, imitation Tom. Looks like he's talking all hockey. Yes, Imitation Tom has hockey on the mind. Uh, he says, absolute steal of my draft is the last pick, Josh Norris. Insane potential. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, he says he doesn't like playing in more than one league per sport. It gets too diluted. I end up cheering for and against all of my players in one league because I have them in another. That's too much. That's That's a very similar thing for me. I don't like that. Like I, I've limited it to two fantasy football leagues this year, just because I, I, I absolutely hate that. I hate when it's like, okay, well, I need seven points from Josh Allen, yeah, you, but you, I'm playing Josh Allen and I'm only up by three. Like it's it sucks. like last night's situation. You, you had Daniel Jones. You, like we had several texts yesterday. People needed Daniel Jones and Darren Waller to have you know, just decent <laughs> days. That certainly did not happen. But then in your other league, you have the Seahawks defense. So you're laughing about what a, a night they had. So I, I totally agree with Tom here. Like. I try and limit it to two per sport, um, but I got into one extra one on hockey this year, and I figured, you know what? The fact we're doing the show, give me a few more uh, team, like opponents' teams to watch and keep eyes on specific players, so we can give uh, the best advice, albeit flawed, more often than not here every uh, every day. Man, that Seahawks defense, uh, Devin Witherspoon, that guy looks like what a, a player. player. Holy cow! Uh, Declan and I were doing our. 
giraffe show down the dial last spring, and I still remember us both kind of like, he's the number one corner, but why Seattle? You know, they have Tariq Wool, and they have a good secondary. They could have other needs, potentially Jalen Carter, right? And then they go and they get Witherspoon, and it's early. I mean, one game, but on prime time, a couple sacks, looked good in the backfield, and then having that pick six. Is there a sweeter play than a DB, like, undercutting a hook or an out route? Like, to me, those are just the nicest-looking plays. When the DB gets under, he takes that chance. Sure, you know, we've seen DBs get burned for touchdowns for that, but when you undercut that, absolutely beautiful. And what a return. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He said, "Poor, poor Danny Jones. He had a <laughs> he had a tough night on mini fronts. So he got beat up, picked off, danced at midfield on the the pick six return. Not a great night for uh, Danny Dimes, the Giants, and uh, your good friend Jason Strudwick. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. He. Uh, well, he'll be on the Jason Greger show today. So uh, I'm sure he's looking forward to that. <laughs> I mean, we talk with the Giants all the time, and after last year, his his hopes were very high." Uh, but yeah, absolutely just not good. The Giants have been outscored 77 to nine in the first half so far this season. So it's tough. Uh, and then, you know, you're getting hope and then you throw a pick six, 97 yards the other way, which is not good. Not good for the New York Giants. And uh, I, I think if anything, where do, where do you come out here now with Saquon Barkley? Their offense is so one-dimensional without Saquon. I mean, their receiving core is not, anything to ride home about either but if you're Saquon Barkley you got to be saying hey guys you got to pay me here this is how much you need me also he gets hurt a little bit and that might be a concern as well but there's a great conundrum with running backs in the NFL it is fantasy frenzy here on sports 1440 Connor Halley Brandon Douglas with you here on this Tuesday morning Uh, we are going to get to a Declan Kruger in a couple minutes here Talk a little waiver wire with him. He's got some guys he thinks you should watch out for. One thing I do want to mention, little initiative we got going on down here at Stingray. When it becomes October, it's also Socktober. The goal is to collect 10,000 pairs of new warm winter socks for low-income and homeless seniors. All this month, you can drop off your donations at the Sports 1440 Lobby in West Edmonton Mall during business hours. Go to sports1440.ca for more info and other drop-off locations. I saw the bin. It's right out in front there. You could come take a selfie with us afterwards. When you wait for socks, are you a big sock guy? Um, in in I'm the not sense sure. that, like, do you go like, do you have nice dress socks? Yeah. So dress socks, I have a way too big of a collection, especially for how little I actually wear dress clothes anymore. Um, but then in my everyday socks, I am about as plain Jane, run of the mill, like just uh, some like low cut ankle ones. I don't I like. But when I'm at the farm. I have to wear ones that uh, come up like over my calves because whether if I'm wearing like boots or something, if I'm wearing my cowboy boots, then I don't like the feeling of the boots rubbing against my bare calves. <laughs> and course. if I'm wearing my rubber boots, obviously my pants are tucked into them. So it's not quite as big of an issue, but usually it's cold out. There's a lot of factors. Uh, but yeah, dress socks, ma- massive collection, different patterns, cool gizmos on them, whatever. What about you? You know what? No, I mean, honestly, I bought some, (laughs) this is a weird confession. I bought some socks at the dollar store and they're great. And like my family roasts me for it, but I'm like, who cares? They they get the job done. They're effective. I also think whenever I hang out with my friends and we're all like in our mid thirties now getting closer to 40, you can tell who shops at Costco because they've got like Mm. the Puma socks and like everybody's got those. Uh, It just seems like that's very, 
a very clear giveaway that like, oh, you're a Costco shopper. Here's a question for you before we jump out to break. What are your thoughts on the people? And I don't know if they actually exist or only in pop culture that only wear socks once. You buy a pack of socks, you wear a pair, chuck them. I mean, I get it. Like financially, it makes no sense to me. But when you put on a fresh new pair of socks, yeah, it's the best. I get it. Yeah, I mean, I it's like that meme on the internet. Like if if I win the lottery, I won't brag, but there will be signs. That'll be me just wearing <laughs> new fresh socks. You'll come to my house and be like a, a, I don't know, a huge case of socks. Yeah, okay, I only wear them once. Yeah, I hope I hope I don't get there though. Okay, uh, <laughs> couple couple things here. Uh, hey guys, I love this show. Where can we drop the bikes off for the kids? Well, that ended, um, but that was through Sports Central, and I'm sure if you reached out to Sports Central, you could find a location to drop off a gently used bike, and that would be uh, very kind of you. Uh, they're they're repairing a bunch of them and going to make sure they find good homes come the fall. And uh, Ewan finally says the greatest enemy of running backs getting paid, the franchise tag. Yes, exactly. You drop that bad boy on them for one or two years, and then you let them walk. Austin Eckler, it's coming your way next, buddy. All right, we'll take a break here. When we come back, we'll talk to Declan Kruger of the Lowdown with Low Tide. It's Fantasy Frenzy brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky here on Sports 1440. Welcome back to Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you. The show brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Check them out, wilhawkbeefjerky.com. Coming to you live from West Edmonton Mall. Alan Mitchell just walked by. He'll be on at noon. It is the Lowdown with Low Tide with his Handy producer Declan Kruger, who joins us now. He is our fantasy wizard brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Join the CBH for Monday, Thursday, and Sunday night football for your chance to win awesome game day prizes and qualify for a chance to win a trip for two to the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. There's also a chance at a 70-inch big screen if you come down and watch with me on Mondays. We've got the barbecue meat package with inflation these days. I think that's worth like a grand. There's steaks, there's burgers, there's hot dogs, all sorts of things, smokies. It's a pretty cool package. Uh, Brandon, I don't know. Do you guys do a, a similar thing on Thursdays? Or is it just uh, you if, giving away? If, if they do, then they haven't told me about it, and uh, somebody's just pocketing that out the back door. But no, I, I believe that is a Monday exclusive offer. Because um, you guys do the home opener countdown at the end of every night as well? Or is that the Thursday thing? That's a Thursday That's thing. So the Thursday game day prize is the person who wins the golden ticket at the end of the night, they then get their, if the the tick, tick, tick down, they eliminate one name, each whatever couple seconds of every brew house, the last one standing, the name drawn at that location wins tickets to a home opener next season. That's phenomenal. So yeah, pretty cool prize. And the last... What's the closest your location has come to winning? Like down to the last handful, for sure. And then last week, oh, last Thursday, I believe it was the St. Albert location. Oh, really? One, which I wasn't at. And uh, <laughs> like I said to the people there, I was like, I don't think I've been very lucky so far, but hopefully that turns around. I'd Man, I would be pumped if the location I am at has somebody win tickets to a home opener. Maybe they take me. Maybe. Of course St. Albert wins. Yeah. Those people in St. Albert have it all. The rich get richer. Exactly. We bring in a man who's got a wealth of knowledge, Brandon. No, sorry, Declan Kruger from the Lowdown with Low Tide. That's how we got into this. Uh, Declan, what's coming up on the Lowdown today? Let's start off with that. Yeah, so we are uh, we are debuting the new segment in the community where we're uh, going to take a look at all things Edmonton sports and obviously some local stuff, looking at some junior football, some AJ action, things like that. Steve Simmons is going to be on at one uh, to break down some Blue Jays ahead of the game tonight. And then, of course, uh, we have Daniel Nugent-Bowman, our Tuesday 
Dave Staple is going to be on at about 1.30. So it's a good show and uh, some good tunes coming out of the break and a lot to look forward to. Life's good, baby. Okay, let's talk fantasy sports here on the show. And uh, it is Tuesday, and that means waiver wires are buzzing around the fantasy football world. So we want to throw some names your way. Get your thoughts on them. Uh, here's one for you. So we're talking in the community. Who's that presented by? Do you know? That one is going to be presented by... Do you know Declan? Yeah, I do know it. It, it escapes me off the top. I, uh, but uh, we'll have it. We'll have I it at 1220 when the segment debuts. Brandon knows. Which the, is one is the United Cycle. United yeah, Cycle. The United Cycle. So Thank let's you. stay in the community. Shout Don't out put United me on the Cycle. spot like that ever again. <laughs> we, never t- we didn't tell you we were going to do that. Uh, Chuba Hubbard, Carolina Panthers, uh, Miles Sanders dealing with a groin injury. So he and uh, Chuba Hubbard split carries 16 each. Do you think Chuba Hubbard could be a guy you could look on? You maybe, you know, bye weeks coming up, things like that. Right. Listen, I've touched on this a little bit and I'm starting to sound like a broken record, but I think there are teams in a certain category. I put Denver in that category, Arizona in that category and Carolina in that category that I just don't know if the skill position players are worth picking up because of how poor the teams are now. When you have a running back posi- when you have the running back position, it's a little different because there is more of a workload and more of a consistent workload. For that reason, I like Chuba. I don't like him as an RB2 or a flex position this week, but with the buys, if you have to go deep into the bench, if you're one of the guys who's going to be shredded on your roster with buys, I think he can be a worthy pickup. But I'm not slotting him in there just because. I'm only doing it if necessary. Only if you're desperate enough to do and so. And I tap him once so how good can he really be did you tackle him i got him by the ankles one time <laughs> i think we were down like 42 nothing at that point so it's kind of a mute point declan kruger with the tackle what, what was your school austin o'brien aob trails 42 nothing yeah that's, that's that was ball game. that was probably exactly what the call was <laughs> two-time provincial champs though hang the banner not bad not bad i heard sheps 0 and 4 uh that's okay got him right where we want him we're gonna bounce back for a second half we used to beat them up too Nah, not in my time. Anyways, let's move on. Michael Wilson, receiver with the Arizona Cardinals out of Stanford. You know he's a smart guy, Ducklin. Uh, would it be smart to start him going forward? Listen, I, I want to start off with the Cardinals by saying Josh Dobbs has impressed me this season. Josh mm-hmm. Dobbs has looked like, you know, a guy who's bounced around the league, but he's looked like a very competent quarterback. He's looked, he's done well in spots. He's made plays with his legs and he's made plays with his arms. Now, Similar to what I just talked about, and again, I apologize for sounding like a broken record. I just don't know if a deep stash Arizona Cardinals wide receiver is where you want to put your fantasy investment in. Now, we caught lightning in a bottle. What did he? I think he had 17 points or just over 17 points. Two touchdowns. Yeah. yeah. So he must have been more than that, maybe a little over 20 points. I think it was a lightning in the bottle. I don't like Michael Wilson going forward. I I just don't think the, the Arizona offense has enough flash consistently to make it worth it. Brandon, uh, we kind of had this discussion about Puka Nakua when he burst onto the scene in week one. We know what he's done since any reason. I mean, it, the Rams' offense isn't amazing. Matthew Stafford might have something to say about that one, but uh, any reason here for uh, Mr. Wilson? Yeah, it's an interesting one because, and like what Declan said, like teams that are bad, you automatically think their players are all bad too. But Josh Dobbs has impressed, and, and these Cardinals are feisty. I, I've been really impressed with them, especially with the new head coach, John Gannon, the how things were looking coming out of training camp. Some of those videos and stuff made you very hesitant to believe in the, the program he was trying to sell down there, but they fight hard. They keep themselves in games. I mean, it, the loss to the Niners ended up being um, pretty lopsided, but they were 14-point underdogs, so what do you really expect? If, if you're desperate, once again, we're getting into bye weeks now and you need a, a waiver wire pickup to fill in injuries. Maybe you missed out after Mike Williams went out for the year. Uh, 
thing like names like this, you never know till you try. And then all you're going to do is kick yourself if you don't pick them up and at least give it a shot. But I'm not saying go and drop a, a little bit more of a household and reliable name for the sake of for the sake of doing so. But if if you're in a bad spot, take a flyer. Don't go and recycle some uh, bat like. Don't go back to Robert Woods. I'm telling you, it's over for this guy. He was terrible in Tennessee. He's just been uh, so-so in Houston so far. He's probably third on the depth chart now. Like, if you need a guy, I think Wilson's worth taking a flyer on. I will say about Joshua Dobbs, and I just wanted to make sure I got this right. He majored in aerospace engineering, graduated with a 4.0. Smart guy. Very smart guy. He can dissect defenses. I'm on Team Dobbs. Uh, Some guys that could potentially, well, not really a waiver wire pickup, but... Guys coming off the IR. Cooper Cup, now he's 21 days to be activated to the Rams roster. Hamstring injury, Pukunakua's looked good. Uh, For Cooper Cup owners, what's the advice? I think he's a must-start, but I do think there is some some hesitancy, and I think you need to manage your expectations a little bit. Is he going to come back and immediately be the triple crown receiver we saw? Probably not. Uh, but I think he's a must-start because he has that ability. He's going to dip into Puka Nakua's targets. Uh, there's no question about that. Now, he's not going to come out the first week, I would imagine, and have a 25-point outing. Uh, but I do think he's a must-start. I think he he's going to be consistent. I think his upside will only continue to grow. Brandon, what do you think about Mr. Cup? Yeah, he's... Like he is what he is. We know what he is. He's Puka Nakua. Before Puka Nakua showed up, he's going to rack up uh, receptions can make stuff happen after the catch and he's the he's the most trusted option that Matt Stafford has. Now all of a sudden Pukunakua might have something to say about that because he's uh, he's earned what he's been getting. It's not just been given to him uh, on a silver platter. If he's if he's playing, you have to start him. Like he's the type of guy that you can't uh, expect rust off of. Like he's too good for that. Now Jonathan Taylor on the other hand, that's something I'm curious about uh, and maybe we can get both years and Declan's thoughts on that like if with Jonathan Taylor scheduled to be healthy uh, now coming off the pup list, are we starting him if he's uh, if he in fact is going to play? I would not start him his first week off the pup list. I still think he'll be splitting carries. I, I think he'll work his way back into the you know the guy who gets eighty percent of the touches. But first week off the pup list, I, I can't do it. I, I just don't think. First of all, I think there's a question like he doesn't want to be there. He's made that known. Mm -hmm. I don't think the Colts really want him there. What's he going to look like in that offense? What's he going to look like, you know, with a quarterback he's never played with and probably doesn't have too many practice reps with? Now, I know, you know, it's it's not he's not running nine routes and seven routes. He's just getting the ball on handoffs. But I still think there's something to be said for the lack of work they've put in together. And, and no, I just think I think he'll get up to it, but he's not a start the first week off the pup list for me. Yeah, I'll just go back to Cooper Cup. I have him on my team. I also have Tyler Lockett and Josh Palmer who are on buys. So if Cooper Cup comes back, that is absolutely perfect timing for me. Jonathan Taylor is an interesting one because, I mean, yeah, you want to get paid. Yeah, there's beef between the two sides. But is the best way to making that happen not playing football, showing you still got it? There's the risk of injury. But you got Quentin Richardson there, man. That's a that's a dynamic backfield. Yeah, but I mean, you can't run behind the left guard on a hundred percent. Anthony of the plays. Richardson. I said Quinton. Oh, sorry. I thought you were talking about Quinton Nelson. No, no. Well, I, they do have Quinton Nelson yeah. as well. But I was going Q Rich there. Drop my 
basketball knowledge on you. You had no idea, Declan. You know, I remember Q, Golden you, State legend. Well, yeah. And yeah. Phoenix Suns legend. I could throw it he down. Was on, he was on that eight-second offense with Steve Nash. Oh, really? Yeah, he was on that team. There you go. Yeah, okay, you know, you know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I just think maybe long-term, you, you know, if the best way to get out of there is to go show you can play, maybe a team wants you, or maybe you just have good, more success, the Colts pay you. It's an option. It's an option. I just, you know, what if he has a Nick Chubb injury? And yeah. he's, he's been the best back or one of the best top three backs in the league for a couple of years, and he never gets paid, and, and his career's over. Now, obviously, that's a bit of an extreme scenario, uh, but I do think it's a risk. I want players to get p- paid whenever they can, as much money as they can make. I don't. I think Jim Irsay, for all intents and purposes, is a bad owner. But we're not talking about ownership. We're talking about how is he going to look on the field, and I digress, and I say I'm not starting him week one. Week I, one off the pup list for him. Let me. Yeah. And I mean, who knows? I mean, what if he is to get out there, take one carry and say, oh, my back hurts. Like, I, I don't want to risk it. It's acting up. Can't even see it in an x-ray or anything like that. Like, we don't know. Uh, it is Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you. Declan Kruger is our guest. He is the co-host and producer of the Lowdown with Low Tide, which you can hear Monday through Friday, noon to two here on Sports 1440. Uh, Romeo Dobbs, what do you think about this guy out in Green Bay? Because Jordan Love is someone a lot of people have asked us about, and Dobbs and him seem to have that connection. I know. I feel like I've been a little bit a little bit hard on Romeo Dobbs in the uh, in the past. I think I've said he's a he's a product of his quarterback more than he is his individual skill set. I think I flipped on him a little bit. I think he's I think he's a good talented receiver. Uh, he's proved me wrong. I think he's worth having as a as a flex flex option or a bench wide receiver in a lot of leagues. I think he's I think he's a just a good he's a good wide receiver. I don't think he's a product of Matt LaFleur's system. I don't think he's a product of what Jordan Love does. I, I think he's just a good receiver and he's made me my words. Uh, how upset were you when Jamal Adams came back and played like two plays before getting hurt again? First time in a year. Blitz boy. Um <laughs> Yeah, you know, I wasn't too beat up about it. I, I, I'm one of the, I'm in the camp that I think Jamal Adams is pretty overrated. I think uh, the Jets fleeced the Seahawks with a first round pick for for that one. Now, um, listen, go do your thing, make a couple plays, but uh, you know, just just be competent in zone coverage. You don't have to, you don't have to blitz every play, Jamal Adams. You are a safety, <laughs> not a middle linebacker. Blitz boy, and then uh, Michael Thomas slant boy, right? Yes, yeah, slant all boy. They do. Uh, I was telling Brandon we were doing our fantasy or our draft show down the dial uh, six months ago, whenever that might have been, seven months ago. And Witherspoon went to Seattle. Mm-hmm. We liked the player, but we're like, was that really a position of need? Man, he went crazy last night. He did. <laughs> he did. Yeah, yeah he, he was. They great. showed us right. Yeah, we talked about it. We said, like, I mean, listen, I, I don't even know if cornerback would have been one of the top three positions I would have gone if I was a, if I was the uh, Seattle Seahawks, but. He showed why he was the fifth overall pick. He made big plays. Uh, he he's great in coverage too. Like his feet really stick with the receiver. He is, his hands need a little bit of work, I think, in the in the coverage game. But yeah, he's a really he's a he's a really good cornerback. And Seattle got one. And there's a reason he went fifth overall. I t- Connor, me and him were texting last night. He, he's Connor said, "Is he a dog?" And I was like, "You don't get drafted fifth <laughs> overall being a puff. Yeah. He's a dog." He found a way. He found a way. Yeah, we like the player. Just to to we clarify, do. we just thought the. The need was a question. Okay, uh, Marvin Mims with the Denver Broncos, Brandon. Uh, this is a number. The rookie numbers here, not all receivers, but percentage of their teams receiving yardage when they're on the field. Uh, Marvin Mims has 67% of it. Just for comparisons, uh, Puka Nakua, 43%. Zay Flowers, 32%. Tank Dell, Sam Laporte at 
I'm going to say that number again. Marvin Mims, when he's on the field, 67% of his team's receiving yardage. Can we can we buy in on Marvin Mims yet? Because last week we had a kind of a, I don't think, I, I'll say it, it was like a consensus, don't buy the hype. Here's my question about that stat. What percentage of snaps is he on the field for? Is he an every wow. down, like, is he an every down player? Because I'll be honest, I... I'm going out of my way to not watch Broncos games, <laughs> especially this past weekend, um, playing the Bears, although that turned into quite the entertaining affair before it was over. Uh, but yeah, like, it, what is his act- actual snap share percentage as opposed to target share when he's on the field? Because that could be a bit of a convo, con- like, when he's on the field, they're throwing it to him, but how much is he on the field? Yeah, I agree with Brandon. Like, if he's just coming out for three receiver sets and catching a six yard hitch and going down on second and 10, third and 10 every play number's a little bit inflated, so I'd, I'd want to know exactly what Brandon's saying. How much is he on the field? What snap share is he getting, not just receiving receiving share? The, the Broncos are a team that I'm putting in the category that Declan had earlier of teams that I'm virtually steering away from at all costs. They're up against a tough Jets defense this week. Um, I do not trust Russell Wilson at all. I don't think the Broncos are quite as bad as we've seen through the first few weeks, but I still don't think they're good. And uh, you can file the Pittsburgh Steelers in that same category for their offensive players. But, yeah, I, I, I'm just not on board with the Broncos. It's the Wilson Bowl this week. I'm just going to say, a couple games ago uh, against Washington, 113 yards. That was only on two receptions. He's been targeted nine times and – oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. 11 times and has nine receptions. So okay. four weeks, yeah. So maybe maybe Denver should look to target him a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but maybe not. Maybe but, there's but a reason we don't, for that. As, as fantasy owners, we don't have control of that you can put that prayer out there. And once again, as we get into bye weeks, if you've got him on your bench, you drafted him as a rookie, thinking we'll kind of see what happens. Throw him out there. Why not? But uh, like I said, I don't like the matchup this week against the Jets. The the Broncos have talented receiver, and and Mims kind of can fly under the radar in terms of maybe who's going to be covering him as a result of that, but. I don't know. Like I said, it's if this is more of a gut thing than any actual um, analyzing that I've done in terms of watching them play. I'm just out on the Broncos as a whole, and I think that's fair. I think you should be out on the Broncos as a whole. And I, yeah, I, it's similar to what Brandon said. I come back to that that snap share. Like if he's taking wide receiver scenes for two, obviously, I mean, you mentioned the two for 133 hit landing in a bottle. It happens, but you know, only 11 targets, only nine receptions through four games. Obviously not a very good average. There's a reason I would assume his snap share isn't that high. If those are his targets and receptions, but listen, good on him for getting the ball and making plays when he's out there. You know, that's what you need. That's what you want to do if you're a rookie, but moving forward, I think the numbers could be inflated. And for that reason, I'm still selling. Got to get him the ball. 73 yards in one game, 113 and then nine. And a 47 game. Yeah, I'm just going to say Denver sucks. They got yeah, they got to get Mims the ball, and good things happen. It's pretty <laughs> These obvious. These are the things we know. And they drafted quarterback? Paid Russell, all, pay, paid Russell all that money. But what do you – like, is Russell's money guaranteed? A high well, percentage of it I is, think I think. the I think. out is soon. But, yeah, you draft a quarterback, yeah. he'll be on his rookie deal. Yeah. I would do it. Yeah, you have to. I mean, although Russ has hasn't been that bad this he, year, fantasy yeah, wise, he hasn't been t- terrible. I mean, a little bit of that is box score watching. If you watch him, there's still a little bit of, uh, but he he has he's been significantly better than last season up to this point. Oh yeah, and I mean, fantasy wise, he's been a 
decent yep. quarterback. I mean, if you watch the game, maybe you disagree. And when they're losing by a lot and have to throw the ball, it kind of works out in their favor. So that's always a good thing. Well, Declan, thanks for stopping by. Uh, I'm going to ask you about Marvin Mims again next week. Yeah, thank you for having me. I had a lot of fun. There you go. Declan Kruger. You can catch him on the Lowdown with Low Tide from noon till 2 here on Sports 1440. Sorry, I was standing up and kind of got stuck on the chair here. Uh, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll get more of your texts. one 401 1440 it's Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas on Fantasy Friendly, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. 11.44 here in the city. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you on Fantasy Frenzy. We're talking fantasy sports, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Make sure you check them out online at wilhawkbeefjerky.com. Locations in Leduc, Spruce Grove, and West Edmonton Mall, where we are in the Stingray Studios. Uh, as I mentioned earlier on, it is... Socktober. So if you want to drop off some socks for Operation Friendship, you can do so. I'm trying to think of the best way to describe where we are. Second level by the movie theater. Right there. Or beside, right, right underneath the movie theater. Under the movie theater, above and beside the Lego store. We got Bubba Gums right beside us. And we got an empty Sunrise. Sunrise Records that I think is being turned into something. I got some inside information. Oh. Yeah. Are you able to share this, or is it like you're a true insider, not to spilling till you get the full the full story? <laughs> um, you don't want to be too quick to a story and then have it be not true. I mean, I can guarantee it's true, but I I deleted the email, <laughs> so I it's going to be cool. Trust me. Okay, just trust me. When it happens, it'll be cool. I think it's kind of a Halloween theme. Anyways, when it happens, but uh, come by, uh, drop off uh, a new pair of socks or a, a packet of them. It'll help at Operation Friendship, and uh, you can take a selfie with us through the glass here at West Edmonton Mall. I love this text here. This is this is confidence from Northside Norm. If you're rolling over the competition, is it too early to look at the waiver wire for playoff weeks, Northside Norm? So that makes me think that you're like 4-0 right now, Norm. You've got a great team, and you're looking to the playoff weeks for matchups. Like you're trying to find... Who is Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears playing in week 14? If that's the case, I absolutely love it. I think you got to go for it. People might be curious what you're doing, but if, if you are that confident that, you know, you're going to make your way into the playoffs without any competition, do it. Go for it and see what happens. I really do like that one. Lance says, I'm listening, but I have no fantasy questions. Well, let's go Oilers. Yeah. I mean, the Edmonton Oilers looking pretty good last night in their preseason victory. One thing that never, never fails, especially if you're doing daily fantasy sports, find a former Oiler that's playing the Oilers and pick them. Kyler Yamamoto scores against the Oilers. How many Oilers fans saw that one coming? It was like, it, it just had to happen. Jack Campbell with a great game. Yeah. Xavier Borgo balling out a little bit with a couple tucks. It, I think the, and this might just be me and what I saw on Twitter because I, I, I was not watching it. I was going to try to watch it. But then, which leads me to my next point, I've seen this on Twitter from a num- number of people, the Oilers streaming service that they use for preseason games and people pay for was not functioning properly. Oh. The uh, Oilers Plus, is yeah. that what it's called? That's it. Yeah, I've seen plenty of uh, tweets saying Oilers Plus was not working and therefore people unable to watch the preseason game. I think it was they were streaming this the uh, Seattle feed on Sportsnet, if I'm not mistaken. 
But uh, don't quote me on that because, yeah, I was fully invested in that terrible football game. I sucker for <laughs> it. Loved watching Daniel Jones get beat up all night and kind of, you know, a twinge of uh, empathy or sympathy for him. Oilers Plus, um, I had it last year. The the behind-the-scenes programming was really cool. Like, I, I love that stuff. Um, obviously, you, you benefit from getting the interviews with that as well. But I, I like you know, getting a chance to to see the guys away from the rink and, and those behind-the-scenes hard knocks type style, the, t- the team documentaries. I, I really enjoy those. So f- I think Oilers Plus for that, definitely worth it. But, hey, preseason for them too, right? You got to get the bugs out. Uh, I was looking through ESPN's fantasy projections here, Brandon. I'll, I'll throw some numbers at you. And it, it is pretty interesting because they have uh, Pedersen of the Canucks really taking off uh, 102 points last year they have him jumping up to 116 uh i guess so and i mean he had a heck of a year strong player uh for Connor mcdavid they have him dropping off a little bit last year 153 points i think Sidney crosby said mcdavid could get, could get up to 170 can you guess where espn projects mcdavid's point total it's a little lower One, than 153 139 148 Oh, well, that's not much of a drop-off at all. No, so they have him, actually, with their projections. These are just projections. Playing 81 games, 61 goals, 87 assists. So another 60-goal season projected for Connor McDavid, according to ESPN. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl, they've got him at 80 games played, 55 goals, 74 assists, and he increases his point total up one. So that's kind of interesting. Connor McDavid, penalty minutes, projecting up to 42 from 36 last year. They're like, he's got a little more nastiness. He's getting angrier. (laughs) And that might be uh, directly reflective of how the Oilers start this season, which hopefully is good, of course. But uh, you never know. If they get off to a bit of a rough start, he might be taking a few extra whacks. They got got Leon's um, projected penalty minutes. We've seen him lose his cool already in the preseason. He's taking some runs. He's taking some shots. They have his pims going from 24 to 28. Hmm. Connor McDavid takes more penalties than Leon Dreisaitl? Yeah. I mean, he does things so fast. That's the thing. Hmm. Like, Dreisaitl, you see him coming, but McDavid, (laughs) he's a blur. If he catches you... Watch out. Don't worry. Elias Pettersson, only 16 penalty minutes. Uh, David Pasternak, they have him dropping a little bit when it comes to goals, going from 61 to 56. Uh, Austin Matthews, interesting here. They have him playing in one less game than last year. These are all projections. I don't know how they calculate it, but scoring 13 more goals. So they they think he's going to get his swagger back, uh, going from 40 goals last year. Uh, Matthew Kachuk, they have as their sixth-ranked player, 112 points. Nathan McKinnon, I mean, I don't know how they get this. 69 games played. Are they, like, wishing injury upon this poor fellow? 106 <laughs> points. Heck of a heck of a season they have him as. A Jason Roberts, another 100-point player. Miko Rantanen uh, falling just short at 98. They have Tage Thompson getting to 98 points. Uh, do you think Tage Thompson will continue this? Like, do you expect him to be pushing for a 50-goal season? He had 47 last year. I drafted him uh, <laughs> yesterday. Uh, I've had him for a couple years in a row. I, I've been, like, on the hype train early and often and so now i'm like i'm fully like sunk cost into it i i still don't think we've seen his peak yet it's just the physical tools that he possesses the size the skating and that this is a very lofty comparison and it's unfair to throw but like 
it, it gives you shades of a Mario Lemieux, what he's able to do with the puck in tight spaces combined with his size. Yeah. So it, it inspires confidence, and I don't see how you can think he's going to take a step back when the Sabres are only getting better. I mean, maybe he all of a sudden doesn't get uh, – he has to you know share the wealth a little bit more with some of his teammates as they uh, continue to improve and pile up more points. But the Sabres' back end is improved. We'll see if Devin Levi can take over the number one job and – uh you know, continue this trajectory he's had since winning back-to-back goalies of the year in, in NCAA. So, like, yeah. I'm high on the Sabres. And I know a lot of people are, but I'm talking, like, I'm really high on the Sabres. And Tage Thompson, I think, is is their best player. Connor Bedard, where would where would you project him when it comes to points this year? Give me goals and assists. I've had this discussion with a lot of people because <laughs> his it. preseason uh, total, at least back uh, at least a month ago, I haven't checked it recently, was, I believe, at 32 and a half goals. Um on the line my projection for Connor Bedard is 31 goals and 70 points which I think is an unbelievably good rookie season yeah. especially for an 18 year old playing for a bad team that uh, brought in some bodies to help you out but they're all pretty old and uh, I think certainly past their prime so I think a 70 point season for Connor Bedard would be a huge win for him Man, you are selling him short. ESPN projecting 90 points. That, like... <laughs> 33 goals. What, what data are they using to derive this? He's never played an NHL game. <laughs> he is incredible. I am not denying that. I watched him at World Juniors. I've watched him in person in the WHL. I've watched him in t- on TV in the WHL playoffs. He's incredible. 90 points as a rookie in the NHL. That is so... Hard to do. Connor, or Connor, Connor McDavid did not. Granted, he was hurt. had an injury. Yeah. Sidney Crosby and Ovechkin both just cracked 100 uh, in their rookie years. And that was a different version of the NHL. That was the first year of the new rules where offense fully exploded. And I know we're kind of back to similar type offensive numbers right now as a, in the league as a whole. But, man, 90 points. That seems really hard to do. If he can get over 70, like I said, I will be thoroughly impressed. We shall see what happens with that one. Yeah, I'm with you. I think aim low, hope for the best. Uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, the only other Oiler projected in the top 50 in scoring. They have him dropping from 37 goals to 32 and 67 assists to 54. That goes the point total from 104 to 86. And uh, they have him at the 40th ranked player. That's it for us here on Fantasy Frenzy today. Uh, Coming up on the Jason Greger Show, after the lowdown with Low Tide, Kerry Joseph, former CFL great, also NFL Europe, uh, will be joined by Anaheim Ducks pre- and post-game host, Alexis Downey. Uh, Sean Brown will be in to co-host from 3 to 5. Dave McCarthy will be by. Struddy is in to recap the Giants' loss. Mark Spector at 5 o'clock. And then Derek Van Deest from NHL.com at 5.20. That and more on the Jason Greger Show. Big thank you to our sponsors, Wilhock Beef Jerky, as well as the Canadian Brewhouse trying to send you to the Super Bowl. Right now, let's get to a Sports 1440 update brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky locations in Leduc, Spruce Grove, and West Edmonton Mall. WilhockBeefJerky.com. Here is Brandon Douglas. 